0: Erica Zukama and Kaelin Geiger have left the Texas Tech program, but there are a number of promising young wide receivers ready to take center stage in the 2022 season for Texas Tech. I'll take a look at who those are and who I project to lead the team in receiving on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. It is a nice Thursday afternoon here. I'm your host, Emory Lida, back again talking about football previews. If you have not checked out our position previews, you can check out our previous ones the quarterback preview. It is posted up on the YouTube as well as the running back. So do check both of those out. There are quite a lot of interesting insights and information I have on those two podcasts. So do check those out. We're going to continue to go through the position groups all the way up until the start of the 2022 football season. And as well as that, we also have the game previews that I'm doing during the offseason that will be coming out over the course of the next few weeks. I actually got one with On Longhorns and with Texas previewing the Texas Tech-Texas football game coming up tomorrow so do stay tuned for that it's gonna be nice with jonathan davis and then next week we're gonna have one with the lockdown Wolfpack for the nc state game apologies for getting that mixed up but that is going to be how we're gonna do that but in the meantime today we're gonna to be taking a look at the wide receiver position now as i mentioned in the initial opening two of the main wide receivers for texas tech from last season are gone now you have eric azucama who is now on the Miami Dolphins. You was selected in the fourth round, if I remember correctly. I think it was the fourth round, yeah. So Azucama was dra- was drafted. You have Kalen Geiger, who also is off to professional football as well. Those were your two leading receivers from last year. So both of those guys played on the outside, got a lot of starts. That's Kama and Geiger. Both of them struggled through a little bit of injuries over the course of the season, and that allowed for some of the other guys on the outside to get some targets, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But those were your two leading receivers. And then you had Miles Price, who is the top returning receiver from last year. He had 523 yards on 38 catches. He is coming into his third year in the saw. He's played a significant role both years, even though I don't think he started every game in either season. I remember for sure in 2020, he kind of took a little bit of a backseat to Dalton Rigdon, for example. And then as well as at this past season, you've seen, him kind of have to split roles with guys like McLean Mannix. You saw Rigdon get in there as well. And then a little bit of Geiger getting played in the slot to go along with that. So it'll be interesting to see what Price can do this year as kind of the main slot guy. And then behind them, you lose Travis Coons, who is your main tight end. You still have Mason Tharp, though, who had a really strong freshman season, almost caught 200 yards worth of passes. And then it's just a host of guys who had anywhere between five and 10 to, or five and 12 catches guys like like fungi. Come back, Trey Cleveland is back. You've got Jerome Bradley is back. J.J. Sparkman is back. All of those guys on the outside had production from last year. And really receiving was one of the strong suits of Tech's team. They were able to generate quite a lot of downfield passes. If you look down the list of of receivers, I mean, you look at Azucama and Geiger, both had deep passes that they caught for touchdowns. Price obviously had a 48-yard touchdown catch as well and had multiple deep balls. Fungi had a really nice game. I believe it might have been against West Virginia. You had Trey Cleveland. Cleveland was a good intermediate threat for you. And of all the wide receivers on the outside, looked to be the most dependable last season. And then Jerome Bradley and J.J. Sparkman both had big catches in the bowl game. Sparkman with a touchdown, Bradley with a long downfield pass. So all of those guys had some explosiveness. And then with that, you had Azukama, kind of emerged as your main guy as a receiver could do everything, kind of tapered it off from a production standpoint later on in the season. I think that was due to two things, both the injuries and as well as that the rotating door at quarterback because of Henry Columbia having a little bit of struggles, as well as Donovan Smith kind of struggling a little bit to build some chemistry. But still, I mean, Ejukama was a guy that you're going to miss coming into the season. But when you're looking at this team and the production from last year, Miles Price is the one name that really sticks out in the receiving room. I mean, Slot receiver, someone that last year kind of started the season off a little bit slowly. If you look at his early games in the season, he didn't cross 70 yards receiving until the Texas game, which was the fourth game of the year, and had a quite a few really quiet games, all the way up until the Kansas State game, where he had four catches for 64 yards. He only had one game of more than 70 yards before then. That was against Texas. Other than that, all of his games, he had no more than two catches. And then down the stretch of the season, he really came on strong four catches for 64 yards against Kansas state. He had six for 36 against Oklahoma, nine catches for 175 yards against Iowa state. And then a rough game against Oklahoma state. But if you remember back to that game, that was a real weak point for Texas tech as they struggled to get any sort of passing game going down with Donovan Smith and then had three catches for 72 yards in the bowl game against Mississippi state. So, miles price is someone that really came on strong last season he started getting more and more reps in the slot as the season progressed and that is something that i think is going to be really important to look at going into this season because he now comes in as de facto leader and if you look at what is going on in the slot beyond just price you're really looking at just a couple of guys that are coming into the pro or they're coming back to the receiver room guys like Xavier White returns as a slot receiver and as well as that, you're going to have uh, various Townsend as well coming in in that position. And then really, I mean, you're just talking about a team that in general doesn't have a ton of depth in the slot, at least compared to the outside position, which is where you really see a lot of the younger guys, but price really, I would suspect is going to be the main guy in the slot. And if you run four wide sets, you might have, some more Xavier White and Sharius Townsend touches. And then as well as that, you could see some some emerging faces over the course of the year. I mean, we saw quite a bit of production from Neymar Martinez um, in the spring game. I think he's a guy that could be worth watching as well, but certainly Price is going to be the guy that stands out. He had a bunch of production last year. If you look back to what he did in 2020 as well, he showed spurts, especially in the West Virginia game and just in general, he looks like a guy that I think is really going to be someone that is worth watching. Another guy that might be worth watching as well is Jordan Brown, the KU transfer. He's someone that comes in with some experience that might be worth watching. But, I mean, if you look at what he's mailed to do, I would still say Price it would be expected to slot in as the main slot guy. But, Coming up next, I'm going to take a look at the outside receivers because there are a lot of them in the program and a lot of guys that could have major impacts from guys like Brady Boyd transferring in to JJ Sparkman. There's a couple more in there that I really think are primed for a good season. We're going to touch on that next. But first, here's a message from our good friends at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on your computer, choosing only the brand that the warehouse happens to carry? You have access to both computers and phones, and whatever you need, all of them will have RockAuto.com and the website, so you can easily find that. So. It really is just an easy choice. You can save time and money going to Rock Auto. They have all the parts you need. It's a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. It's easy to access, and the prices are reliably low for every single customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the oddsmakers makers at Bet Online and our good friends. July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And just a reminder, if you have not subscribed to Locked On Texas Tech on YouTube, please do that. I really appreciate all the support we've been getting, but we are getting close to 500 subscribers. That is a big mark for me. And I've got some cool content coming up. I already mentioned I'm going to be doing a crossover with Jonathan Davis in the coming days. We're also going to have another crossover with NC State. I'm looking forward to possibly doing a couple of guests appearances as well with some more guys coming on so stay tuned for that there's a lot of cool content coming onto the locked on texas Tech youtube plus you can see my face you can see any sort of changes i have in my background apologies for the sun today it's very bright outside but in the meantime talking about the receivers and some guys with a really bright future that we're talking about you have to start out with the outside receivers here with like fungi trey cleveland jaron bradley and jj sparkman the latter two guys that really showed out in the bowl game jj sparkman had a really nice touchdown catch a contested touchdown against mississippi state and that really sort of was a little bit of a surprise to see him have some production considering he was maybe the most unheralded of the 2020 receivers at least compared to Fonji. he had struggled to get any sort of playing time early on in the season but he came on strong late in the year Three catches for 37 yards and a touchdown against Oklahoma and a jump ball touchdown. Another jump ball against Mississippi State as part of his two catches for 29 yards. He didn't even cross 100 yards for the season, but yet if you look at what he was able to do in the bowl game and his contested catch potential, I think there is a lot to work with there. So Sparkman is the first guy that is really worth watching. Then you've got Jerome Bradley, a really highly touted freshman. There are questions about what he would stay along with the program. Those questions were answered. He did stay. Jalen Tyson coming in, one of his best friends, is another reason why he decided to stay as well. And Bradley last season as a four-star coming in, looked like he was going to be maybe not getting many much action. He did play in three games, or it might, it might have been four games. We recorded stats in three games against FIU, West Virginia, and Mississippi State. The key one there, though, is the Mississippi State game. He had two catches for 64 yards and one really nice, 52 yard catch in, in that game. And that just shows his downfield potential. He's a really athletic six foot five body. If you're looking at a comparison from past te- Texas Tech wide receivers, I would say his body type has a lot of TJ Vasher in him. Now, obviously, Vasher was extremely long, a little bit taller, but the same sort of agility applies. I really think that Bradley's lack of stiff, sniff, stiffness is really going to help out when it comes to catch-and-run situations. And if you're looking at the most raw talent in this receiver room, there is a good shot that it might be Jerome Bradley. So we are be interested to see what he's able to do. And then you've got two of the more reliable guys. You've got Trey Cleveland. This is coming into his fourth year in the program, I believe. He caught, got some action in 2020, before 2021. We saw him redshirted in 2019. So he is no stranger to Texas Tech football. And last year, he didn't have really the flashy games like a Sparkman or like a Bradley did but what he did have was consistent, reliable, reliable production. He actually had a catch in seven games last year, which for a guy that only ended up with 11 total, it's pretty impressive. He was strong in intermediate routes. You could see his ability to run routes on the outside was something that I think kind of set them up, apart a little bit for more of the raw, talented receivers that we have in tech's receiving room. But Cleveland's a guy that I don't know if how many people are really that high on him just because he's not really one of the flashy guys, didn't really have a ton of – promise as a recruit I was high on him as a deep ball catcher back then and I still think he has quite a bit of athleticism it's just compared to the other receivers he doesn't quite have the flashiness that they have but still I mean you're looking at a guy that has catches in 11 games as a Red Raider that is impressive he's obviously got the talent to play going forward so that's something that is going to be worth watching I don't know if he's going to be winning out the, position at the outside again as we'll get into this is a really stacked position group but Trey Cleveland I mean last year The highlight of his year was a touchdown catch against FIU. He made a couple really nice catches in conference play as well. So I would expect him to factor in, again, a really good intermediate route guy. And that brings you to like Fungi, who is the last of the returnees on the outside that is really notable. And Fungi is an interesting one because if you look at what he was able to do in 2020 when he came in as a recruit, there's a lot of reason to be promising. Again, high four-star recruit, but yet in 2020 he kind of got out – Outclassed a little bit by Jalen Polk, who came in and really had a strong impact. Obviously, we now know Polk transferred to Washington after that season, so that really sucked to see. But Fungi's highlight of that season was an incredible catch against Oklahoma State, where he had 31 yard catch. Barrett somehow was able to extend to get it, and then that was really kind of the one highlight from that season where he redshirted, only appeared in four games. But then in 2021, you really saw what he could do early on in the season. I mean, catch against FIU we saw against Texas a really long nice catch and run touchdown against the Longhorns where he caught a pass ran 69 yards for a touchdown and then had another deep ball against West Virginia I believe it was on trick play I'll have to check that real quick but certainly Fungi's a guy that has been a downhill threat on multiple occasions for Texas Tech but he hasn't been able to put the consistency in that we might have expected from him and then if I remember correctly as well, after that West Virginia game, I think he might've had a little bit of issues, obviously against TCU, he was able to contribute against Kansas, but it seemed like he might've had some kind of injury after the KU game that really sort of limited him last year. So with that in mind, and with the fact that he has struggled a little bit with consistency, we saw him have a couple of drops as well over the course of the last season. Fungie's a guy that I think is going to have to improve his consistency a little bit, but much like Jerome Bradley, the talent is clearly there. I mean, he's someone and make spectacular catches. He has the athleticism to have significant yards after catch, and we can see what he can do as a receiver. And his recruiting profile shows a guy that has a ton of overall talent. I think that there's all the reason in the world to expect that Fungi could factor in. And then you bring on the last guy, Brady Boyd. Really interesting guy to talk about because he is one of the most talent, talented transfers that Texas Tech has had in recent memory. But if you look at what he was able to do against in Minnesota in his first destination, he really only had two catches for 18 yards appeared in four games. So he did get redshirted there. One of the most storied high school careers ever in South Lake alongside Quinn Ewers, who we'll talk about tomorrow, a little bit of upcoming preview for the lockdown Longhorns crossover, but you are not going to want to miss that. But Brady Boyd struggled to get on the field in Minnesota. Culturally, reportedly, wasn't much of a fit. He's much more of a West Texas type of guy. And he's, by all accounts, stood out in spring practice. Had a ton of really nice catches there. Looks good in the spring game. His ability to get open on routes is impressive as well. I'm not sure exactly how much he's going to factor in the outside versus the inside. I know in the spring game, he got quite a bit of run as an outside receiver. But again, with the logjam and the fact that Zach Kelly brings in a system that allows you to have a little bit of fluctuation between the outside and the inside guys, I would expect that that is something to monitor. So Boyd is someone that I could see in theory having massive production. But again, you have five guys here that all have a chance of establishing themselves as one of the main receivers for Texas tech. And I'm excited to see how it goes. Cause I really do think that this is going to be one of the most intriguing position groups on the entire team. And not just because of the fact that the receivers are likely to get a lot of opportunities, but also I mean, this is a room with five really talented guys on the outside. And then you throw in Price, Xavier White, Traderius Townsend on the inside. That is eight receivers out there that have a ton of athleticism and natural skills. So it's going to be exciting to watch. But coming up next, I'm going to do my best job of predicting how I see the logjam working out and who I think will lead the Red Raiders in the 2022 season, as well as a quick look at our tight ends, because I think that's worth mentioning. But first, I've got a message from Built Barr. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drilling and listening and listen. They are good for you not only are they do they taste delicious but they also have low calories low sugar and high protein but they're only here for a limited time so go to built.com to make now to make sure that you don't mess, miss out they're going fast because not only do they taste amazing but they are also extremely healthy for you and so really just taking a look at the built bar it is incredible taking a look at the coconut broth coconut brownie chunk puff puffs. I mean, I can attest to this. I've tried them. I've tried the puffs. They are amazing. So if you want to try them while they're here, go to built.com use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 at built.com and try out the coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Back again talking about Texas Tech's wide receivers heading into the 2022 football season. And we've looked at all the names, and I want to talk about a couple more, guys, real quickly before we get into my predictions and who I think is going to lead this team in receiving yards because I really do think that this year it's all up for grabs. And the second-leading receiver from last season coming back is actually Mason Tharp. And he looks to be the de facto number one at – the tight end position. You also, you also bring back as well as that Henry Teeter as well. And Tharp is someone that I really feel like his size gives him a big advantage in the red zone, but also his have his athleticism is very impressive as well. I think that if you're looking at a receiver from that tight end position, it's definitely going to be Mason Tharp. Would not be surprised if he gets somewhere in the avenue of a 25 to 30 reception season. That might be even cutting him a little bit short. But the other guy. That came into the program this off season, I actually made an episode on it, was Baylor Cup. He is another tight end a transfer from Texas A&M. Really good receiver, someone that had a lot of hype coming into him and in as a four-star recruit to Texas A&M. Unfortunately, injuries, suspensions, everything kind of kept him off the field. But he's someone, a good blocking tight end. He has the versatility of a Tharp, And I don't think he'll necessarily supplant Tharp as the number one option at tight end but certainly is someone that could have a massive impact. Sorry if you hear the ringtone going off in the background. I can't control that. But in the meantime, that's really all of the names and faces. So You have 10 guys that have been covered here that I really do think have a shot at getting at least 20 to 30 catches. One of them's got to lead the team in receiving and I ran this poll on the Locked on Texas Tech Twitter account. If you are not following it already, please do so. I'm going to be doing the polls throughout the previews you've already seen for the quarterbacks, the receivers, as well as all the game previews I've had for predictions. But I really do think the 70% of the people said that Miles Price would end up leading the team in receiving. And that's not a bad shout. Miles Price comes back as your leading receiver returning from last year. He's Likely to get the most snaps just by default because the slot isn't quite as congested as what we see on the outside. And I mean, just watch Miles Price play football. He's good at catching at all three levels, good after the catch. He can be utilized on jet sweeps and just about anything. So that's going to be a good reason to pick Miles Price as your number one receiver. But I really do think that there's a possibility that he doesn't end up leading the team in receiving. And I think it comes down to the fact that in a vacuum he's not necessarily more talented than any of the other receivers tech has i mean you have an embarrassment of riches there you have jj sparkman you have like fungi you have trey cleveland you have um jerome bradley as well so all four of those guys on the outside Adam brady boyd they're gonna be just as talented in theory i mean we've seen flashes from all of them and in the event that one or two of them have some sort of injury or ailment that might keep them out, or in the event that one of them really sticks out, the outside receiver under Zach Kidley's had quite a bit of usage. And if you remember back to last season with Western Kentucky, it was a distributed, a distributed market for touches. And if there's one thing that Price has is the um, sheer amount of touches he's going to get. But those receivers are really good at catching balls downhill or downfield, and with the manufactured increase in Production on the short game for those outside receivers, I could easily see a world where a guy like Jerron Bradley ends up leading the team in receiving. And so for my official pick of who's going to lead the team in receiving, I think it's going to be Miles Price, just because as of now, we don't have a clear picture of who's going to start on the outside. We don't know exactly how Kitley's going to rotate in the receivers. I would expect that you're going to see a pretty heavy rotation early on in the season as we start to see kind of those guys play itself out, but certainly you you don't know exactly how that's going to play out. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I think Price is a good shot to lead the team in receiving, but with the amount of talent that has on the outside, it would not surprise me to see any of those other guys. I do think this is going to be a season where you get a 1,000-yard receiver in Price, and depending on the quarterback, you might sneak in a second 1,000-yard receiver as well. I'm going to go for day one starters being Brady Boyd, Miles Price. I could see as well as that trey cleveland starting just kind of off of default and the experience he has within the program and then if kidly opts to start a fourth wide receiver in the slot i think that's going to go down to either xavier white or you might slip you might shift boyd over there and then start a guy like a like Fonji or like a Jerome bradley on the outside so it's going to be interesting to see i think that certainly the wide receiver position has a ton of talent i've covered that already today i think that it's going to be an ever-evolving situation and having that many Strong guys and good faces in the program is a good thing to have. It's still going to allow for a very, very explosive offensive. Things get running right. So that wraps up the receiver preview. Again, if you've not already checked out the quarterback and the running back previews, do check that out. I will try to link a, this. I will try to link a, a link in the description of this video, as well as you can check it out on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to t- take a look at my Twitter account or the Locked On Texas Tech Twitter account, you can follow me on Twitter at Eraser41. I've been posting a few of our videos on there over the last day or so, just to kind of bring some people back into YouTube, just in case you haven't seen those. As well as the Locked On Texas Tech Twitter account at Locked TTU, that's where you can find the polls for the game, a little bit of announcements, as well as posting a bunch of our podcasts. So. That's been all for today. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to be back tomorrow with a special guest covering the Texas preview, and that is going to be an interesting one. If you remember back to last year, Texas Tech lost 70-35 to in that game. We don't want that to happen again. I don't think that's going to happen again, but we're going to talk about it tomorrow. So in the meantime... Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. You can get more on the Big 12 by making Locked On Big 12 your second listen. Every day, host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes. Locked On Big 12, you can make it your second listen today. Again, that is the Locked On Big 12 channel hosted by my good friend, Josh Neighbors. Tomorrow, we'll talk Texas Tech. We'll talk Texas. It'll be great. But in the meantime, have a good night, and I will see you tomorrow.